And now, broadcasting on Star Worldwide Networks, it's In the Green Room. Green is in, but what does that really mean for you? Join the gang for a fun and energetic half-glass, half-full perspective to what and how sustainability is the lifestyle for the future. It can really affect everything you do, from your health, wallet, environment, money, even your morals. So our goal, to help save the planet one show at a time. Now, welcome to The Green Room. Welcome everyone to In The Green Room. I'm Kinga. And I'm Chet. And tonight we have Item 9 Labs in the house. It's a celebration show because here in Arizona, we have just gone recreationally legal with cannabis. So we've got one of the best uh, concentrate brands in the house tonight to tell us all about their brand and uh, how things are going to be changing with cannabis laws moving forward. Um, It's going to be a really fun show. Bryce Scalia. Hi, nice to nice to see you guys again. Did I pronounce? Nice did I butcher your last name? Scala. Scala. Scala Bryce Welcome Scala. in the green room, and you want to get up on the mic too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Founder and chief revenue better, officer yeah. of chief Item revenue. Nine Labs. That's exciting. Welcome, yeah. Dr. James Neller. Thank you. Nice to be here. Welcome You're going to tell us how topic. it's healthy for us. Very and excited about this topic. And, and Veronica Nine, Booth, the, the resident cannabis genius. Hello, everybody. Genius. Genius. Certified. Perfect, amazing, genius. I learn so much every time you open up your mouth. I'm like, wow, I just am mesmerized by everything you say. So Veronica is a master's student at University of Maryland in their relatively new program, Cannabis Science and Therapeutics, second year master's student. You're one of the first graduates, right? So I have not graduated yet. I'm currently in the program. So I'm in my second semester, first year. Oh, okay. Wow. So I'm a baby in the program. You're going to really tell us about all the scientific aspects how cannabis is healthy for us right correct we'll talk all about cannabis how it works with our bodies and how can it can upgrade our quality of life so you're new in the master's program but you've worked in the cannabis area now for five-ish years is that right veronica correct i've been working with cannabis and helping people with their cannabis needs for quite some couple of years now so it's really important that people understand that cannabis uh cbd uh, slash THC is really a, a plant-based medicine, and it, it, well, and then the hemp, the hemp plant itself has a ton of other uses that are such as protein building, clothing. It has a ton of applications, and it's very useful and, and sustainable. Yeah, it uses and, a lot less water than. Carbon. And we're here saving the planet. One, One show, show at, at a time. time. That's our little catchphrase here. <laughs> well, and, yeah. and Bryce's story is fascinating because you had a marketing background. You were in counseling and psychology there originally, a number of different businesses, first in California, now in Arizona, because it's so much more business friendly. Very business friendly. So can you tell us how you came to the cannabis business? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I uh, to be honest, uh, really my intro- reintroduction to cannabis as a medicine happened in, uh, I want to say probably 2010 or 11. Um, I was diagnosed with a liver disease for which I was going to have to undergo a uh, kind of a mild but long-term firm, uh, form of uh, chemotherapy. Liver disease? Know. We need you right on the mic. Yep, uh, liver disease. And so um, and it, I was, at the time, uh, completed a six-month course in what was called PEGA interferon uh, therapy. Um, but it was an incredibly taxing, uh, you know, medication. And uh, about halfway through, I started having difficulties um, with the side effects of the medication. And why and how? Um, I, I started. I, I don't know how else to describe it other than my brain started acting differently. 
Um, I, I started having thoughts that I'd never had, um, identifying them as separate from my own awareness, which that in itself is kind of jarring. And, uh, and so when I talked to my doctor, uh, the, the two options that he gave me were benzodiazepines and opiate medications. And neither of those I was willing to take. I had worked in mental health and substance abuse and, and family therapy for uh, close to a decade at that point. And 85% of those stories involved benzodiazepines and opiate medications, and I wasn't willing to, uh, to look at those as a solution. And then he suggested cannabis. And at that point in my life when he suggested it, what I effectively saw was a, a bong on my couch and I, and I knew that my wife wouldn't be comfortable with that. And I didn't know if I was even comfortable with that. It had been a few years since I had smoked cannabis. Um, and he said, no, it's different now. You should really go investigate. And so um, I was uh, you know, lucky enough that one of my business partners at the time, her mother um, was part of the kind of early inklings of our Arizona program. And so I met with her and she helped me get my card and kind of walked me through the process and then set me up with a series of different modalities and edibles and um, and vapables and, and, you know, flour. And I was able to finish my treatment. And had I not uh, finished my treatment, you know, I don't know if I would have been able to have the medical success that I did to be able to, you know, get rid of the liver disease that I did. And now, you know, I'm, I think, five years um, post-diagnosis. So I think I'm technically cleared by medical terms at this point. Doc, you can correct me on it's that. Remarkable. It's remarkable. Yeah. It's remarkable to hear stories like that because that is how this plant is magical and it heals. Yeah. Right, Veronica? Correct. Yeah. And, and you know, and so um, flash forward, uh, you know, a few years and I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur and I just, I had a, just, just a deep feeling in my heart that um, this was the industry that I was supposed to move into and retire in. And, um, my, my wife and I talked about it and, you know, we had, we were looking at it. We had a young child at the time, my son. And when we started talking about it, we you know, do we want to be the pot parents? Cause, cause we weren't really like cannabis consumers. But we, do we really call it pot anymore? No. I mean, I don't personally, I call it cannabis. It's, it's a very intentional word that I use. Um, but you know, we, we were just, we didn't want to be those parents and we were really concerned about that. And one day we had the realization, um, we, you know, I think most people, whether they consume cannabis or not can recognize the, 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 the vast difference in the health consequences of consuming cannabis versus alcohol. And alcohol is a straight up poison. It, it kills people on the regular. Yes. That's, so what, that's what I'm saying. It should, right? it should be the one that is stigmatized mm-hmm. and harder to get a hold of. Cause you know, you drink one bottle of vodka, you could die. Yep. You know, you could smoke a whole gram of wax. You'll be okay. Mm. You know, hold on, let's ask the expert. Yeah, you could not let's overdose. Ask Veronica that. Can you overdose on cannabis? There not are, one serving. There no. are no reported incidents of death caused by cannabis overdose. Usually, an overdose leads to you just falling asleep. There are no uh, cannabinoid receptors near the stem cells, so you will not just stop breathing in your sleep or anything like that. Hmm. Uh, it could get a little bit intense with anxiety. But nothing that you can just just watch a fun movie, drink a couple some water, have a couple of healthy snacks, and it will all should pass safely. Yeah. No driving. Technically, you know. yeah. water, once again, she's water is almost more poisonous than cannabis. You could overdose on water quicker than you could overdose on cannabis. It's actually a true statement. Well, there, yeah. that is a true statement because yeah. it's shocking, but it is true. On water. Have, Actually, the people have died drinking too much water. That's true. And people have used cannabis throughout history, have they not? Yes. So cannabis was actually one of the first plants domesticated by humans, you know, millions of years ago. It was domesticated because it has multiple purposes, as you just mentioned, right? It can be used for energy, for food, for fuel, for food, 
for healing, for medicine, and for many rituals and religious contexts throughout many years. Um, bringing it back to alcohol for a minute, um, you know, people also say that cannabis can be like a drug or something that brings you to other things, but most people begin with alcohol. Like if you talk to younger kids, it seems like alcohol is the first substance that people use. Mm -hmm. And there have been many cases showing that cannabis actually can help with addictions and actually have people leave substances behind because they're just happy with cannabis. So, well, you know, and I love that you brought that up because I think one of the like most common misconceptions around cannabis is that if you have a medical cannabis program and or an adult use cannabis program in your state, that children are more likely to use it. And so, I, I think we can all agree that you know the federal government, which is the the one group in our country that says it's still illegal, um, NIDA, their watchdog for issues as this actually issued a report, I believe it was three years ago now, stating that in any state that had a medical cannabis program at, at the very least, if not an adult use program, actually saw a decline in youth use and experimentation around cannabis because we effectively took the red button away, right? Hmm. Wait, I want to hear about and, all this legal stuff that's going on right well, now. So this is really great wait, that you touched on, on it, Bryce. Well, oh, yes, furthermore, Chet. Chet, going go on at how alcohol is more of a gateway drug than cannabis, Alcohol is much more frequently found in the systems of people that have overdosed and overdose deaths, and it's actually underreported. Whenever cannabis is found in their system, mm. it's on the front page. But it's much more common for alcohol to be in the system of people that have overdosed on like opiates or other hard like you know benzos. Veronica, would you agree stuff with like this? That. I would agree absolutely. So we first. Well, it's a fact. You can go look it up. So you don't have to agree with it. Well, um, so like alcohol, well, we've I been will. using this stuff throughout history, but we we only discovered THC in 1964, and then the first cannabis receptor CB1 in 1988, suggesting that our bodies actually produced a form of cannabis that because we had receptors already in place for it, and that we discussed the name, anandamide. Correct. So, yeah, like I think for the longest time, um, people thought it was only THC in the plant, right? Like THC was mm -hmm. discovered and people just assume cannabis equals THC. Uh, but that was just the first cannabinoid that was discovered. And that cannabinoid did lead to the discovery of the endocannabinoid system mm -hmm. and the separate receptors. And then our endogenous cannabinoids, the cannabinoids that our body creates. Um, so, yeah, I feel like um, the science has come a long way since then, even though it's been recently, just like you said, the 80s and 90s that we found out. But we are still learning so much more. We're learning that there are actually over 113 cannabinoids in the plant discovered so far, and they're all unique and they all have their own therapeutic benefits. So it's really a complex, uh, amazing plant with a lot of healing potential. So it starts with CBG, and from there, the major divisions are THC, which is the psychoactive form, and then the CBD, which is the therapeutic form. Which I want to talk more about, because CBD is very important, because kids can be using CBD, and any you, know, you don't want to really give THC, or I, I don't think you yeah. do, but you can tell us, because yeah. I'm not the expert to, yeah. to a child, but CBD is a form that, that kids can have, correct? So Veronica? So I feel first, uh, both are therapeutic. So both THC and CBD are therapeutic. They each have their therapeutic benefits. So THC can help with uh, symptoms of PTSD. It can help with uh, chronic nausea, chronic pain, et cetera. CBD also is therapeutic. Now, 
you're correct, dog, that uh, CBD is non-psychotropic, right? So it will mm. not create those feelings of euphoria known as being high. That's exclusive to THC. Yes. Is it true that CBD and THC work better in tandem I than love this. individually? <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. Absolutely. So. Get a clap. Good job, Chad. Yes. I think it's true. It is so true. So it is actually it's true. Like the cannabinoids work better together. So even in traces. So sometimes children are actually getting THC in the sense that their CBD oil may be full spectrum. And then there are traces of THC, which is very small, not enough to feel the effects, um, but it is enough to increase the pharmacology of CBD. Mm -hmm. Of course, there are some cases where children do receive THC, but those are uh, extreme, you know, just cases where kids really need the therapy of THC and you try to level the feeling of being high with the therapy, uh, but usually they do this with a medical doctor. So Veronica, you have children. If your kids have any kind of ailments, headache, uh, anxiety, would you give CBD to your child? Um, at the moment, my child has, um, no, I was, I would say right now I have not given my kids any CBD, but right now my kids have not had the need for any, uh, cannabinoid therapy. However, if my kids were like, you know, if I had took them to the doctor and God forbid, you know, somebody says that they need to take a certain medication or they need to like whatever it be, I will definitely check cannabis first because of the side effects of lots of pharmaceuticals available right now. And um, I think that this is a very healing plan with low side effects. So if my kids, depending on what they needed, I would absolutely be open to it. How about you, Bryce? You're the founder of this company. I Item mean, Nine Labs, Bryce. Tell us what you think. Well, I, we have a couple founders, although I might have been the driving force. Um, I have a. My children don't need it in this current state, and, and, you know, and I think that's the most important thing. If we're going to use it medicinally, especially when it comes to adolescents, I think that um, there's very specific reason why it becomes a viable option, right? Um, but but do I feel safe in that setting? Absolutely. When I look at the side effects that could be present from a regular CBD administration versus like your standard medication for a child, even even if I was just looking at vaccines, which we you know my children have for that reason, if I was looking at vaccines and the side effects and the percentage rate of of possible severe issue as a result of that, CBD is far less than that in in, in itself, and it's not prescribed or mandated to go to school or mandated for any other reason. Um, but but it's far less because it's it's a natural derivative, and I think that's the most important thing about this. Well, a lot of well, kids have anxiety, and a lot of kids have trouble sleeping. Would you recommend for parents to use this routinely for child anxiety? I, I mean, it's that's a hard one for me because I'm also a big fan of. I think our kids are on screens too much. And, oh, totally it, right. And so, as as someone who's wearing blue blocking glasses right now, so that I can be more present. Um, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not a, a a huge fan of medication to fiction issue if it's environmental. Right. Um, but I think that yes, there's a lot of options there for it. You know, I mean, better better circulation and 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 uh, you know, nervous uh, system reaction allows for lower anxiety just in general. I mean, and right. I think, you know, that's the that's the thing that we have to remember, right? That whenever yeah. we're having like an intense emotion or some sort of a side effect, typically it's a chemical reaction that's occurring in our body and generating some sort of an electrical response that tells us how to respond in that. And I think that, you know, what CBD in itself does is allow for a better communication between those cells. And so that, to me, that it's really difficult to find when that's a bad thing. 
um, because it doesn't necessarily in itself correct the problem, but our bodies are glorious. Like our bodies are the most amazing mechanisms on this planet, and they traditionally restore themselves, regenerate, you know, uh, we regenerate cells when they're needed. And I think what it allows the body to do yeah. is enhance its natural ability to take care of itself. And that's that's what we're hoping for in any situation, right? That's why I think as a society, you know, to me, cannabis is such a, a huge win because it's not just about the cannabis plant. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy cannabis thoroughly. However, the the idea that this plant that's been around for 4,000 years in recorded use is just one of the many forms of medicine and or therapeutics that our planet just kind of naturally provides and then opening up people to the idea of that because we've been programmed. We've been programmed for a very long time specifically around cannabis that it is not medicine, it is not right. okay, um, that it's going to you know produce side effects um, that are not accurate. But as a result of that, I think there's a lot of natural medicines that we as a society have closed our mind off to and I'm very excited now that you know, uh, a majority of the United States on a state-by-state basis has gotten to that point. I think Mm -hmm. that as a result of that, the federal government is finally starting to listen, that there's more options available to us. And I think that each state Mm -hmm. that goes online, there's at least a portion of that population that has to take a step back and say, man, I wonder what else is medicine out there in the natural state that that we don't know about because we've been told so much about those options. Yeah, it's exciting since we discovered the endogenous system, so we know the body's using it already, so that to have a way of evoking that is um, key. And I think for, you said, the role in inflammatory diseases and particularly cancer, the medicinal potential mm -hmm. is vast. But for kids who just want to feel zen and get high, are you going to tell them now's the magic bullet, you have what you need? If we're talking about pain or painkilling qualities, if we're comparing CBD to Tylenol or Advil or one of those other uh, over-the-counter drugs that are pretty bad for your liver and digestive system, I think CBD would probably be a better answer for you know a high school athlete that needs recovery from a baseball or football game. Because I remember I would pop five Advil after a baseball game and my shoulder would be blown out. He, he did. I, I remember that. Yeah. Well, I could have been taking CBD and would have saved my liver. I, I mean, I, you know, and you, digestive system. you bring up football and I think that football is probably one of the most, um, the most affected sports sports by the prohibition of cannabis. You know, um, we know that, mm. that cannabis is a whole CBD, I think in particular, Veronica. Wait, massive shout out to the NBA because the NBA just made cannabis. And, they're not testing for it anymore. Well, they're, I think MLB is, is getting to that place as well. So awesome. like, like, so huge kudos to those organizations because this is a huge thing. And especially like when I say what I'm going to say next, it's, you know, the NFL is one of the number one places for CBE, um, which is basically a, a long-term traumatic brain injury that occurs through concussion after concussion and the scar tissue that develops. And the effect that this has on our NFL players well, is... Well, yeah, and CTE true. has been a massive... CTE, uh, thank yeah, you for been, correcting me. Yeah, it's been a massive cause for suicide and other mental illnesses in ex-NFL players and other uh, contact sports like MMA there's yeah. been athletes from other sports that have had CTE too. So, so not you, to just you, only call out the NFL, mm-hmm. but the NFL has a, had a very bad problem with it. So, yeah. are you, Chad? Are you saying that CBD or THC is what's going to help CBD? Actually, in in those cases, and CBD acts as a neuroprotectant, and so when there's um, uh, like you know a mm. trauma to the head, it allows the cells to be protected in that space. And we've now known this for 
probably a decade. And that's why uh, more so than I think any other sport, we've had professional athletes come out in the NFL and say, this is not only something that you need to be open to, you need to be suggesting on a regular basis to ensure the health of our players. You know, and when you get to even like a collegiate level where we don't really talk about that often. like well, we, And then there's some players like uh, Josh Norman that smoke openly and have been tested multiple times, suspended multiple times, but they just have said, you know, marijuana and CBD have been a vital part of my recovery process. I'm not going to cut this out. And so he's been suspended like more than he's been available to play. Yeah. And, but weed and cannabis is that important to his recovery process. So, but, but again, how young do you start? Is this something for high school football games? Uh, it's, it's, no, I, I would I, say professional level post 18. I think so, it's so, so that's a good question for both Bryce and Veronica. She's the expert because I know brains are still forming with kids. And so when their brains are still forming, uh, is it okay for them to have CBD? And, and what is the science telling us about that? So, I mean, I will say for children, like people under 21, humans under 21 do not have a developed brain yet, actually. So like I would not go for any substance for children, but that includes like substances we consume substances all the time right. you know many of them are affecting our brains so i would say whatever your children are putting in their mouth like watch out and make sure that you're like filtering that you know but you know for many parents who don't have that option who th this is the best option for them i applaud them um and i'm glad that so many parents do look for other sources uh as i also applaud the doctors who are prescribing this to or like I was recommending this to those children who do need it. Um, but, you know, just do what is best for your child. And if you know, I mean, like, you are, it's a developing brain. You know, just take respect of that. So we're using it to reduce head injury, but also in, say, a CrossFit athlete who's not at risk for head injury, we're using it to improve their athletic performance. Yeah, I would say, like, adult um athletes and just like your regular people going to the gym every day are using cannabis more and more as part of their fitness routine in many ways like it helps it be a little more fun helps you get back into it puts you in the moment it also helps with like endurance training like long runs long bike rides and it's also great after right you take some cbd or you put it up apply it topically also you know we don't talk a lot about flour but flour is great uh, it's got everything in it it's got all the components in it um, so it can be very medicinal and it's a great part of a fitness regimen. And one thing I was going to say is I graduated from high school back in 2014. So not too long ago. And I went to a private Catholic school where you'd think not a single kid is smoking any weed. No, every or 90% of the kids in my class by sophomore year, were buying weed from sketchy street dealers. And who knew who knew it was on that stuff. And I don't mention the school you were at. I won't, I won't, but I'm just saying realistically, a very high percentage of today's youth that are in high school are getting their hands on substances. So you're better off getting them started with, you know, CBD, something that's actually going to help their bodies rather than getting them, having them find something on the street that's, so, you know, so meaning you want them to get it, if they are doing it, you want them to go to a place like Item 9 Labs where you know it's organic and it's not laced with something that's really deadly. Well, yeah. Is that, Bryce, what, what would you I would say with that? I would say I don't think anyone under the age of item nine, of, yes. of 21 should go to anything item nine labs. Yeah. However, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that like there are there are times, you know, we're entering a new era in America where, mm -hmm. you know, maybe five years ago, you wouldn't have been honest with your doctor about your cannabis consumption. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a real thing. 
today you can be. So please do that. And if, you know, even if you're, uh, you know, um, someone under the age of 21 who's listening to this, although I don't support your cannabis use in any way, shape, form, or fashion at all. I love that. Good good for you. If you are, and I have kids and they are, will be drug tested all the way through high school because that's that's the least I can do as someone who's in cannabis to ensure. Because their brains aren't formed yet, right? 100%. Um, you know, but if you are under the age of 21 and you do consume cannabis, please be honest with your doctors about what you're doing because I think it's really important that you, you know, you let the people that are designing your care know what all substances you're consuming that could have an effect on that. You know, I, I think one of the things that was said that I really dug earlier, too, was talking about the like the CrossFit and, and, and kind of the, that overachieving, because I think, you know, that for me and like my founders, and I want to give a, a quick shout out to, you know, Charlie and Andy and Mark and Sean and those guys, because, you know, it was really a, a culmination of all of us that created the company in that we were not your traditional stoners. We were not guys that were, you know, what anyone would see hanging out, listen, you know, listening to Bob Marley under the Led Zeppelin poster with the black light. Like we weren't those hey, guys. Led Zeppelin's not a band. There's nothing wrong with any of those <laughs> things. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with any of those things. Love the band, love black lights. But, you know, we weren't those people. We we were really high functioning overachievers who owned our own businesses. Who had such been, as and how did you create it? Well, and, and that's really how it kind of came together was just us looking for products that would meet the demand that we had. And so, you know, we started looking at okay, how can we do this better? Well, transparency was a big piece of that. Transparency is something that is seriously lacking in the cannabis industry. You know, and, and if you live in the state of Arizona and must in most states now, you have the ability to to get the analytical labs results of the product you're using. It's part of our state law. If you have questions, look at them. If you go to Item Nine Labs and you buy one of our products, um, then there's a QR code on there that takes you to our the test result for the product that you're consuming. Is that how they're better? Is yeah, that how your product know is better? that. Explain like no, that. like no. People don't know this. Tell no, us why. Well, and that's the whole thing. Know what's in the product that you're consuming. You know. Um, now, to be honest, in cannabis, the requirements that we have placed on products and um, and residual solvents and things in these are are actually incredibly arbitrary. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very, very minute. In fact, if you went to the store and bought a can of beans, there are more pesticides and residual solvents in that can of beans than would be in a legal cannabis product. That's wow. Real. Yeah, wow. That, that's wow. Real. right. Now, there and you, and because you are organic, well, organic, not just that, but because our requirements are so, so, so like strict. minimal. Yeah, they're very strict. And so, you know, if you're a legal c- compliant cannabis company today, you meet the highest requirements for cleanliness in the nation. In the nation, that that is a huge thing that most people don't realize. Like any restaurant that is operating today has a lower requirement than I do to to create products. Any product that you would consume today as a medicine has a lower requirement than I do as a medicine. That's real. We have to compete. We have the security regulations of a bank and the health regulations of a hospital, and those things have to co-join in the middle. And that's how we operate. So, although we kind of look at the cannabis people as the lazy ones. I would challenge most people in any other industry to come do what I do in this industry because it's so difficult. So like when we're here, it's not we're not here by accident. This isn't an easy place. It's it's twice as hard and three times as expensive as anyone thinks it is to operate, guaranteed. We're here because we care. And we're here because we want to be here and because we want to ensure that the next generation of cannabis businesses is is employing the same best practices that we are today but elevated. Like, I don't want you to do it how I did it today next year. I want you to do it better than I did. 
figure out what I was missing and then improve on that because that's really what we owe to the future of this business is to continue as the, as you know, society starts to welcome us, we have a responsibility to accept that welcome with integrity. And we have to do that through, you know, transparency in the products that we're creating and what we're putting in them. Um, better education, which is why I, you know, Veronica, I, I shout her names from the rooftop on a daily we basis. We love Veronica. Yeah, because there's not a lot of places where you can go get really, you know, tr- real education about what this cannabis product is going to do to you. You know, what what are the potencies that you're truly looking at? You know, I, I say often, like, we don't ever go shop for alcohol by proof unless we're 17 years old and giving our older brother money. Like, we don't, that's not something we do. But for some reason, a lot of times in cannabis, we shop for cannabis by proof. Mm. That's silly to me. Curate, you know, curate your experience. Rarely am I looking for Everclear. I, in <laughs> fact, in 20 years, I, I haven't looked not. for Yeah, I haven't looked for Everclear. Yeah. So right? you guys are yeah. organic. Wait, so you're responsible. You're, you're not allowing people under 21. You don't recommend it for people under 21. You're authentic, and you are telling us that you guys are completely clean, and you're the leaders. Wait, and, and let's what? talk about their products for a but second. But really quickly, everybody I talked to in the last couple of days and said you're going to be on the show, they all say that you're the leading uh, their favorite cannabis company. So shout out. There's Apollo. Hey, we've been hitting it a little bit. It tastes amazing. So if you guys could tell us a little bit about the Apollo yeah, uh, so cartridge line. I'm a, so I'm really going to qualify nice. real quick. So most people, if you're familiar with the cannabis program, um, we have there's different types of cartridges or uh, concentrated oils that you can take on the go with you. Um, the traditional one that you would see is kind of a clear liquid. It looks like a honey, maybe with some color. That would be called um, a distilled THC cartridge or a broad-spectrum cartridge, depending on the extraction, the extraction technique. And now, how does that affect the body differently um, than smoking like a, a joint? It, it is definitely different. Because iso- I don't know that. Yeah, so you're isolating molecules. I often refer to a distillate high as a champagne high. Um, If those of you who are familiar with drinking, if you were to get champagne drunk, it's a very different drunk than a beer drunk or anything else. I always true, true. It's it's kind of uh, disorienting to me. Although some people really enjoy it, it's not for me. Now the live resin cartridge that comes in our Apollo and soon starting uh, March first, our Orion device is a live resin. And I would really love Veronica to kind of break it down for us because there's a lot that that plant creates that like we don't showcase all the time. Hello. Okay, so let's talk about the difference between live resin, uh, distilled THC product. And we're also going to talk a little bit about flower because it just is a very important part of the process, right? The plant, the cannabis plant. So uh, what, we, what is live resin? So live resin is we take the cannabis plant and we clip it, right? We harvest it. And right at harvest, when those cannabinoids and terpenes of the plant, with that, with that chemistry of the plant is at its peak freshness, we freeze it right away, right? So it's just kind of like the vegetables that you see in the supermarket that are frozen to, you know, for the, they're frozen at the peak of freshness to preserve the vitamins and minerals, right? right? Flash so frozen, instantaneously ex- exactly frozen. Exactly, yeah. flash frozen. So it's the same way we take this plant, when all that chemistry has its peak, we freeze it, right? Now, once it's frozen, we're going to extract or separate that chemistry, those phytochemicals from the plant matter. Mm -hmm. And what we're left with is live resin, an extract live resin. Now live resin is a full spectrum cannabis extract. So what is full spectrum? What does that mean? Full spectrum, can you say that again? Full spectrum. Cannabis extract. Okay. Does that mean they got all the cannabinoids? Yeah. Yeah, right. So what full spectrum means that all of that chemistry, that phytochemistry that started in that beginning strain, right, that we had at that beginning, it's 
expressed in the extract. So that makes a big difference, right? Because all of those guys, science has proven that all the compounds of the cannabis plant work collectively to create the overall experience, right? So the synergy of all of those compounds creates a greater, deeper, longer lasting effect than one cannabinoid could do on its own. So when we have live resin, we, it's an experience like flour. When you use these Apollo pods, you, it's like you're a very smoke-free, ash-free, discreet, and portable way of just having an item nine left strain. Well, and it's healthier than flour because all that plant matter is not going in your lungs, right? So there's, there's no flame. smoke-free, there's yeah. no combustion. Uh, there are ways to consume uh, flour. Uh, you can also vaporize flour. Uh, like a volcano or a vaporizer. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, this is uh, not a giant balloon. It's a nice little like <laughs> pen that you can carry around. Yeah, volcano is not okay, very Okay, I have convenient. a question. What, yeah. I wrote it down. What is live resin? Because you kept saying that and I don't know what that is. So live resin is that extraction. So when I take that frozen plant and then we extract it, it's going to look like what's in that pot. So it's, a, it's an extract. It's a wax. It's just this yellowy, uh, terpy colored, depending on the strain, different texture it could be a almost little like, more gooey like a little the bit. residue that's left over yeah so it's all that it's all of that yeah it's, it's all of that so it's all that good stuff really it's all the stuff that is gonna like is they're gonna like play with one another and play in your body and all those different compounds are gonna work collectively to hit different um biological targets within your body so it just gives you a more well-rounded experience. Now, if we just have THC in a product, which is what's a distillate, right? It's distilled isolated THC, right? We just take that THC and we separate it. When we do something like that, THC is working on its own, right? Mm. So it's not, it's just hitting like a one or two, or two receptors, not doing much because it doesn't have all that like help, right? And then it's, I, sometimes I compare it to sugar. Like if you eat a bowl of sugar, is that good? Mm. No. But if we have like a delicious like cupcake and mm. it's like, mm -hmm, yeah, that tastes delicious. Because okay. you have all those ingredients working collectively to create that decadent dessert. Just a spoonful of sugar is not really going to do it. That's a good example. Yay. So yeah, so live resin is going to have all that good stuff so your body really can work with it. Uh, THC, you, should, um, you need a lower dose as well because when THC is working with all those components, it's just they just work together. They can do more with less. When you have just THC alone, you usually need higher doses and more consistent dosing. Right. And you gave uh, the example sort of, of turmeric where if you take turmeric in strict isolation, you lose the benefit. You need the... Just nature, other molecules in the entire plant wise. to yeah like nature knows what it's doing i feel like that's how fruits are delivered right like so you can absorb the vitamins it's like it's, it's nature's deliver perfectly for us for mm -hmm. our bodies that's how i look at it it's the way nature intended so how is the extraction process different for like these uh diamond sauce than live resin because this diamond sauce looks insane uh there are and what is diamond sauce? Uh, uh, <laughs> it looks delicious. So, so effectively, um, tra traditionally, actually, what like if uh, if we had a cannabis plant in front of us, the the molecule that would be most present on the THC scale in that plant is actually THCa, um, and THCa is the precursor to THC, um, which is why uh, it you know now you can go buy edibles in most states. But you know, years ago, uh, prior to there being an edible market. If people made uh, a cannabis edible at home and they didn't pre-treat the cannabis itself, they wouldn't have an effect. However, once you heat cannabis, and, and it's depending whether it's combustion or confection, it's totally different. So 
I'm not going to say that it's online, but if you wanted to go on Google and search that, there might be some recipes. <laughs> However, if you were to pre-treat that cannabis, what you're effectively doing is activating it or decarbolaxing it. I think that's the correct term for it. Yeah. Um, and so in that- I, you're, I don't know what that word means. So what that effectively means is that we're heating the THCA to remove an oxygen molecule. And once we do that, we activate the THC. Now that THC um, can be used, uh, you can be ingested, it can be inhaled, or it can be used topically at that point. Um, so in fact, the THC that is traditionally in a vape cartridge is actually activated oil. In fact, I had a, a very dear friend, um, Tony, if you're listening, um, that, that, Hi, Tony. Yeah, that, that, uh, that actually broke some ribs um, on a ski trip. And, um, and, and you know, he did not want to take the opiate medication that was recommended to him. And so what we were able to do, because he didn't want to smoke either, was utilize um, the distillate in, uh, on some additional, tr you know, he broke it open and then was able to add it to some crackers and sandwiches and stuff to get it into his system to help treat his pain. Um, and so mm. once it's activated, you can use it in that way. But so when you're making diamonds and sauce, what we're effectively doing is taking the raw extract from that plant done through a fresh frozen process. If that flour um, has been dried at all, then we've lost some of the, the just the, the chemical makeup of that plant through the drying process. You know, it changes and it has other uses, but it's not used as well at that point. So we take that, we pressurize it, and through the pressurization of that process, different molecules separate at different points. Um, it's very sciencey. Um, I often feel like I don't know anything when I walk into our laboratory uh, between like the, the lab manager who's an evil genius and our molecular biologist director. You know, I, I know very little bit when, even though in most situations I would sound really smart. Um, you know, but you do if, sound really smart. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, really smart. Just, it's, as long as I'm not standing next to them. Um, but so like in that Scala from item, item, line, the, item nine uh, labs. Yep. Um, but so when they pressurize that, the molecules fall out, and basically you get a rock crystal, almost like you would grow rock crystals in science school, um, and that rock crystal is a pure THCA crystal. Um, and there's a lot of different uh, modalities for use in that. Um, there's a, an amazing company um, named Empower out of Oregon um, that uses it for a topical, and they've mm. done uh, study after study, although you know not approved studies because our federal government won't allow right. them to be approved studies yet because it's still a Schedule One. Um, well, but, they just federally legalized it in Canada, so they're a little bit ahead of the curve over there. Uh, they are, you know, a lot ahead of the curve. Um, one of the people that I always recommend, if you're you, you're suffering from, uh, you know, cancer or a severe severe ailment, that that cannabis could be a treatment. Uh, invest. Check out PhoenixTears.ca. Um, Rick Simpson was a pioneer in mm. our industry. Um, he was a yeah. Canadian. We love our neighbors to the north. Um, but he, you know, he found cannabis to be a viable treatment for a, a large array of ailments, and I won't quote them. Um, you can go to his website and check it out. But he also felt that it was mm. really important that that information was public. So you can go to his website. He, he has recipes on how to make the medicine, what mm. he suggests for it, and, you know, the different successes that he's had with that. It's called Tears? PhoenixTears.ca. It just happens to be that we're in Phoenix right now, Arizona. Uh, but yeah, it's Phoenix, just like the city in Arizona, Tears.ca. Um, so yeah. edible, so, can we talk about edibles versus versus the smoked product? Yeah. And why are the edibles so much more potent? Yes, Doc, can we please talk about that? Because uh, where, where I've been in a state where it's legal, I've actually um, done a little fun stuff with my kids and I just go crazy giggling the you whole time. You mean you ate an edible? That's like yes, I ate an edible. And yeah, it, doing it, it, fun stuff. That's not very specific. <laughs> yeah, you ate an edible. We're on the air. You got to be more specific we're, than that. 
where it was legal. I ate in Edible with my kids and. Chet, don't I go just... It's legal here now, though. So but I just laugh the whole le- time. Well, I can't even talk. Yeah, but that's a good thing, being happy well, and silly. Yeah. Kinga, What's that so is, about that? if there was one thing that I hear from more than, any, more than anything else from people who do not consume cannabis on a regular basis, it is, I will not smoke it, but I think I would be open to an edible. Please, Veronica... Please, for the love of all these people that have that plan in their head right now, will you please explain why that is the opposite of the right idea? Let's do this. Because this is actually something that I have a lot of uh, (laughs) friends have the same issue. My family members the same. I'm like, here, you want to hit this joint? And they're like, no. And then I'm like, okay, here's a brownie. And then they want to eat it. I'm like, no, no, this is not how you want to go about it. (laughs) But I guess it's just less scary. People do protect their lungs. And it just seems like, you know, and honestly, edibles can be quite delicious, which adds to the problem because it's hard to Mm -hmm. stop eating them, right? So, okay, so let's talk about this. Now, when we inhale a cannabis product, such as the Apollo or a vaporizer or flower, then what happens is that that phytochemical, right, THC, let's talk about THC right now, it goes into our lungs and from our lungs, it is absorbed into our bloodstream. And from our bloodstream, it goes right into our brain, right? So we feel it pretty immediately, which is a great thing, right? Because you know right away how you feel, whether you want more or whether you don't. If you can enjoy it, it's going down, you take a little, one more puff, you can feel that again. You can really get to your therapeutic range or how you want to feel pretty consistently. You can really fine tune it when you're inhaling cannabis. Now, when you eat it, what happens is when we consume any type of medication is that it first has to go to our liver. And the liver, for this first pass metabolism, is trying to get, you know, break it down. It sometimes changes the medication, right? It changes that molecule. So what happens is when we consume THC, our liver does a switcheroo. <laughs> like it switches it, right? It is no longer THC that's going to go into our body. It's going to be 11 hydroxy THC. And this is now a different molecule. Now, isn't it, it more psychoactive? Oh, yeah. It's and a, it can yeah. make people hallucinate. I mean, it, it has, people have said, reported hallucination. I would say that will have to be like a very high dose. Um, but, you know, it's all how, sensi- or how sensitive you are to THC. So, yeah, it's, it's much more potent. It binds to our receptors in our brain much more aggressively. Also, depending on your metabolism, it may take a while to feel it, right? It's not going to be immediate like when we inhale it. So you eat it and you have to wait. And it seems like the waiting is really hard to do, right? Because everybody just has one more bite. You know those memes, like these edibles, you know, and then people are flying. 100%, it's true. Yeah. It's true. It's true. So like, but, but Veronica, I feel like in some places I've seen drinks that say they're able to be activated earlier due to the size of the THC molecules. Mm-hmm. Is that the case? So, yeah. So not every time we put it into our mouth, it's going to. So, so if you have a lollipop, for example, or, uh, you know, a mint or anything like that, or if the molecule's small enough, it can be absorbed uh, buccally, buccally, uh, by our mouth, like by the gums. So then it's not going to the liver anymore. So we just, when we get it in, like when it goes to the liver and it changes, it just changes the whole thing. It is not the same. It really is a different medication, a different molecule. So you talked about dose and how older doses were 5, 10 milligram range. And now the recommended dose that you would say for a responsible user is 2.5 I mean, cannabis as a whole has just changed so dramatically in really like the last 20 years that I think, you know, that's a a really important thing to understand. I think for because 
you know, what you have now, the, the people that are starting to use cannabis in, in probably the highest, you know, levels are going to be uh, the population that's over the age of 60, which were probably open to the idea of cannabis in college, but mm-hmm. hasn't been since then. Now, the cannabis that was used 25 years ago was traditionally high in a molecule called Delta-8-THC, which is, which is actually a less psychoactive THC. Right. And so when, when we as an industry started growing cannabis indoors, um, primarily in the 90s, that's when we actually kind of mutated the plant to have it produce uh, more Delta-9-THC. And Delta-9-THC is actually, when we reference THC today, that's what we're referencing, is delta 9 uh, Tetrohydrocannabinol? Right. Hydrocannabinoid. Cannabinoid, what she said. Um, and so that's what, you know, but that's what THC is today when we reference that as a potency or as mm-hmm. anything. Now, that Delta 9 THC is far more psychoactive than the Delta 8. And so, you know, many, many moons ago when I first started partaking in cannabis, although I wouldn't have done that if it was illegal, but had I done that when it was illegal, it would have been far less psychoactive and I could have done a lot of activities. Like you could smoke a big bag of pot and you could go, you know, go about your day today. If you smoked a big bag of pot, you wouldn't do That was your, that's your day. That's what you did. Right. <laughs> it, it ends right there. Maybe Netflix, but that's it. Um, and so it, it's changed dramatically. So now what's happened is people that are re, you know, uh, you know, learning about cannabis at this point in life, your cannabis back then was going to be anywhere from seven to ten percent potency. For us, if it's under eighteen percent, I'm floored. I'm shocked and appalled, um, just because most cannabis today is not that low in THC. So when you go out to a, a dispensary, I, I think that at some point our market will mature to the point where probably two point five milligrams is the standard dose of an edible. I, I think that's a you know yeah. a responsible dose. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I remember like a couple of years ago, we would tell patients or people who consume cannabis to start with like five to ten milligrams, and that is so high. And I understand that's like that's still the lingo. That's still something that a lot of people working at dispensaries might say, might recommend, but like that is a very high dose. So two point five milligrams, I would say, is the way to go, and then wait eight to 24 hours before you decide to take another 2.5. Take, you know, bring a notebook, your journal, take notes at what time you dose, how you felt before, how you felt after. If in 24 hours you're like, hey, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't enough. Like I felt like I could have gone a little bit higher, reach a higher therapeutic level. Then you can try the next day or whenever it's time, the time is right, a little bit higher dose. But you do want to give it a very long time for the effects to take place. You don't want to have, like start feeling it when the other one is coming on. That's when things go crazy. I just want to say, I've never heard you say that before, but I really like that, the eight to 24 mm. hours. Cause I think yeah. that's a really like, uh, you know, most people say wait an hour. And my wife, uh, for example, um, was a, you know, a medical patient had a card and she asked, she finally, she was one of the people that wanted to eat it. She didn't want to mm-hmm. smoke it. And I said, okay. And uh, I gave her a small piece of a brownie and an hour. And I told her to wait an hour and she waited an hour and mm-hmm. uh, she asked for more. And I said, I love you too much to do this right now. Just wait 15 more minutes. And if you're still there, then I'll give you some more. And, and I kid you not 15 minutes later, she's flash dancing in our kitchen because it was way too much for her throwing water on her face. And so I, I really like that, you know, like that the cannabis isn't going anywhere. It's, it, it's, it, you know, the cat's out of the bag. It, your dispensary is not going to be closed tomorrow. You can wait a day, uh-huh. you know, and, and, but also to that, like, you know, like you said, with the dosing, like a one peach ring 
is in most places that have an adult use market is 10 milligrams in itself. Mm-hmm. Not, not the bag, which, which is where I think a lot of like the trouble happens where you're like, oh, cool, I got a bag of candy. But no, that whole bag of candy is enough for you and your nine friends. That is not to be consumed in one sitting by one person. And so, you know, I think that that's a, that's a really good, you know, thing right there. Wait, wait a day. See wait how a day. Yeah. It's a conservative dose, but I mean, it can alleviate a lot of anxiety and a bad time. Like I know it's sometimes you get so excited and we set it up just right and we really want to have a good time, but like, you know, just wait, take your notes then try again later. <laughs> Responsible cannabis use is fun. And the, the Delta 8 THC gel cap is the only edible that item nine labs is producing right now. Is that correct? Yeah, that, so that's that, the less psychoactive form. Yeah, correct. There, there wasn't anyone doing it. And, you know, now there's a couple other companies in town and I'll even give them shout outs because I think it's such an important molecule. Um, I think Ilava um, additionally has a Delta 8. I, I, there, I think there's another company out there that's doing a Delta 8 as well now. There is, but it, I don't I, remember. But yeah. But um, so Ilava, great company. Um, but, you know, with Delta 8, I, I think that Delta 8 is, you know, we often joke that it's what you thought CBD was going to feel like. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Arizona is one of the few states in which the hemp bill had additional restrictions um, on hemp products uh, at a state level. So most states in the U.S., you could actually probably get Delta 8 legally right now. Arizona is not one of those states unless you go to a dispensary that you can actually get Delta 8. It's a whole political thing. I won't go into it. But so so in most states, you can you can get this legally today. Um, but Delta 8 is is the in-between. You know, I, I think uh, it's one of the reasons why Item 9 Labs started our uh, education program. Um, and I, and I uh, don't think I said it, but uh, YouTube forward slash Item 9 Labs, um, you'll see Veronica's you know, smi- smiling yes. face. There's a, there's a ton time. of different uh, videos on there, both in English and Spanish. Yes. Um, so, you know, that talking about uh, cannabinoids and you know, the different products and what they do and how they interact with your body. So, you know, I, I really encourage that. But Delta 8 for us was the one that really said, hey, we need to educate people because mm-hmm. people didn't know what it was. And so they would sell it to someone who smoked pot all the time. And they, they thought it was broken because they didn't get them high. But, but now to someone who's never used a psychoactive substance, it was very strong. So it was really a good in-between, you know, Delta 9 THC. And so that's why we started our education program. And it's just kind of... Well, it is so important. It is so important. We only have a few minutes left. So uh, let's shout out a few of the locations where our listeners can go and buy Item 9 lab products at. Yeah, um, what dispensaries are you guys yeah, in, in uh, the Valley? So, yeah, in, in, uh, in the Phoenix Metro Valley, um, I would say a local joint um, uh, over kind of by the air park and uh, okay. the Mint Dispensary uh, in Tempe. We love uh, both those guys. They're great. Uh, Cure Leaf in all harvest locations as well. If you're down south, Prime Leaf in Tucson, uh, huge fans of. Um, yeah, Greenhouse and Flagstaff and Green Farms. Um, those are kind of our, our bigger locations. Do you actually have a factory where people can go in and buy there, or do you just... No, the way the program kind of okay. has been set up here, um, you would go to one of those participating dispensaries, but normally we're doing some kind of cool contest or something in conjunction with them, so we always... And you're in other but states. But now everybody are you? over the age of 21 can go to one of those dispensaries now. Okay, so. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, we actually um, have recently merged with a, a dispensary a franchise a retail, uh, Unity Road, uh, unityroad.com. Um, and we, um, with our franchise partners, we have locations uh, opening in Boulder, uh, West Virginia. As of this weekend, we were awarded a license. Um, we have uh, dispensary That's operations. Exciting. Yeah. In uh, Michigan with actually the Mint guys uh, partnered on that. And then, uh, you know, other states coming online here quicker um, than that. But, yeah, um, item9labs.com or item9labscorp.com, uh, ticker symbol on OTCQX, INLB. 
And it's the, so important for you to be educating us all because, you know, I I was in Colorado with your story about your wife and her eating the brownie. I was in Colorado and uh, just having a fun night and I had something important the next day. But uh, everybody talked me into having a little quarter of a gummy. And, you know, mm-hmm. I thought everything was fine. And then I went to my room and I went to bed and then it then it kicked in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just didn't have any knowledge. And if you already know that this is what, you know, a gummy's going to do and this is what a brownie's going to do and how it doesn't kick in for a long time. And I laughed the whole next day mm-hmm. it, through something very important. Like I, I uncontrollably <laughs> laughing with, with, with Trammell. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So I have a question for both uh, Veronica and Bryce. So we've had other shows on Alzheimer's and I know, you know, there's a stigma that, you know, oh, pot smokers, you know, you lose your memory and you get forgetful. But we had people saying on here, uh, Veronica, that it can actually improve, uh, you know, help fight off Alzheimer's. How is that true? So there are, there is some studies showing that I'm, I'm not exactly sure how it works so don't quote me but what i hear is that cannabis ha- can help with a plaque that forms in certain part of mm-hmm. the brain that leads to alzheimer's so and also with the memory thing um cannabis does not have to be so bad for the memory again if you have the flower all the components work collectively uh it actually can help with your memory and it can help with uh, symptoms of ptsd through the memory as well um but yeah there are uh, some uh, exciting studies coming out about Alzheimer's and how it can maybe help you from getting it. So I'm hoping everybody out there that's listening to the show has learned a lot. We're hoping to have uh, these two amazing, brilliant um, educators back on the show. Uh, we're asking everybody to uh, subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel in the green room. And please tell your friends. And we're here saving the planet one, one show, show at, at a time. time. So Bryce, what do you want to be, what is on your bucket list for uh, your company? Ooh, bucket list for the company. We have two uh, minutes. I, I believe that uh, we have a superior product. And if I believe that, then I believe that we have a responsibility to get it into the hands of as many people as possible. Um, through uh, you know superior education um, and acting with integrity, our goal is to get it into the hands of as many people as possible um, over the next you know few years. And hopefully we can have you guys Bag on soon because aren't you launching a new product soon, Orion? Yeah, we have the Orion launching uh, March first, and we would love to come see you guys again. And we'd love for okay, you to sweet. bring patients that have been healed. So, Veronica, what do you what do you see in the future with, with cannabis? I see people realizing how they can change the quality of life and improve the way they feel, feel happier, feel better with a plant that's grown from nature and that is so kind and like gentle on the body and soul. Doc, are you going to uh, recommend this in the future to your patients? I'm excited about the possibilities. I'll have to learn a little bit, little bit more, but I may suggest it to some who are needing yeah. options. Now okay. you have a resource. There we exactly. go. Exactly. So we're saving now the planet. I have, now I have a product. I One, can One show, show at, at a time. time. Woo! Thank you for listening to In the Green Room. Join us here live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. or anytime on demand 24-7 on StarWorldWideNetworks.com.